Culture changed through Lean for local government. Developing a culture focused on continuous improvement and lean thinking as a way of working has enabled local government organisations to discover and implement new and innovative ways to drive efficiencies, enhance employee engagement and increase the quality of service provided to the citizens they serve. With the recent COVID-19 pandemic and the challenges it has posed, the need for efficiencies and citizen confidence in how tax money is spent is even more prevalent. This podcast series highlights the key success factors in developing a culture of continuous improvement in local government, as well as the main challenges involved. We speak with a number of practitioners from municipalities across Canada, as well as leading edge groups lean from municipalities expert, Callie Woodward. On this week's episode, we're speaking to Simon Stafford, Senior Organisational Development Consultant with the Town of Oakville. Simon, to start with, maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and the town of Oakville and your current role there. My role in the town of Oakville, and Oakville is a um, part of the GTA of of Toronto, and uh, we are a town of roughly around about um, 120,000 people situated close to Toronto. Um, Although we call ourselves a town, we are the biggest town in Ontario. We should be technically a city. Obviously, that makes it very interesting in in our dynamic sort of thing. But we are a, I would say, an old culture that is uh, transforming into a new culture as as an area. We have a a new diverse population moving into the area. So from from a perspective of of change, there is lots of change happening around here at the moment. And um, my role in the town is really organization development consultant is really looking after the learning development of everybody in in the organization and and managing that process, Um, which obviously leads me into looking after lean and how we develop lean in the organization and how we focus our learning um, with developing innovation as we move forward. And in terms of your background, it's you're from the UK, it sounds like. Uh, yep. Could you tell us a little bit about your own career and how you first encountered continuous improvement in Lean? From a continuous improvement, I've always been focused on continuous improvement. And from a learning background, um, it has been very useful to be able to link learning to uh, supporting continuous improvement. From my own background, I was from the UK. I came over here. 12 years ago to Canada, uh, after working in the leisure industry in the UK in the private sector, I then moved into the different world of the public sector and working for uh, government, which was a completely different kettle of fish, which was um, interesting coming from the private side, but um, has been really great. And I... um, Obviously, I've been uh, working in learning, um, supporting as an L&D manager, but now working more in a consultancy role and really facilitating and supporting our directors and our leaders and our CAO in developing really high-class and quality um, learning experiences for our teams. Could you tell us a little bit about how you structured the Lean program within the organization and and how you've uh, developed the continuous improvement culture within, within the town of Oakville? Sure. I mean, the first thing that I can say is that it, the the idea of organization really taking on innovation and looking at how we utilize um, sort of the lean process in the organization has been driven from our CEO down, which I think is a really fundamental part of, of developing a culture. Because if you don't have the buy-in from, from the sort of top down, then you really are going to struggle with that. And I think it was forced on us as an organization because 
we had been doing things the same way for many, many years um, as an organization. And so I think from that perspective is the um, direction that the the sort of executive management team wanted to go is, hey, we need to innovate. We need to move forward. We need to start to move things online and things like that. So I think it was a case of saying, okay, how do we do that? How do we make things more efficient here at the town? And so it came down from the culture came down from, from our CAO at the time and said, okay, we really need to innovate. Um, and that was really then the great push for us because we could then really start to sort of embed it into the organization and really start to move forward in in saying to ourselves, okay, well, what are we going to do about this? How do we move innovation into the organization? What support tools do we need to put in place to really give our staff the best opportunity to make this successful? And I think that's where we turned to Leading Edge and, and really looked at how we can sort of um, how can they support us in, in developing the process and, and getting it and, and forming a partnership, which is really critical when you're doing this sort of stuff and saying, what's the best way for our organization to infiltrate this as a culture and to really start to shift things forward, which is really good for us. Interesting. So in, with that in mind and, and bringing Leading Edge Group on board, how did you then go about choosing or selecting the candidates, for instance, and I suppose the projects that you embarked on uh, initially to, to develop the program? Yeah. So one of the key things that we found, and it is a learning process, and I must admit our first attempt at, um, you know, it's 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 the same as lean. It's about making things effective and more efficient. Our first attempt at doing sort of the white belt and the yellow belt was a bit more of a blanket approach. And then it sort of took more of a, a, a move forward and, and a way that we could um, really develop it. And it came over to a corporate side. So we shifted from a departmental base to a corporate base. And at that point, that's when we took on the idea that, okay, we really need to embed this with projects. And I think that was a crucial part of it. So although you don't need to do a yellow belt project um, or a formal yellow belt project for the course, um, we actually did enforce that. So we said, anybody who wants to yellow belt now has to have a project set up that they will complete as part of the program. And really critically is I'm a great believer in the fact that going that the the real solution about learning and actually changing behavior is about moving people away from the idea that a course is the finish line. As you go on a two-day course, hey, great, I've completed it. No, to me, the finishing line is really a bit about developing your skill set and to see true behavioral change. And I suppose that's where um, I wanted it to be. So instead of having a two-day course that was just set up as a two-day course, we actually broke it down into two um, one-day programs with three coaching modules in between so that they could do their project. So the idea is, is you do your first day, you learn a lot of theory, you do your coaching sessions in between each one, um, and then you do your third, and then you do your second day of your um, yellow belt. And in that second day, you did your exam. And then post that, we would actually have a set day that we actually had a, that they had to hand their assignment in. One of the key things about that is the fact that we wanted to make sure that that was a celebration as well, so that people actually felt like they'd achieved something. So, unknown to our people to start with, uh, which was a bit scary for them, is we turned around and said, okay, now we're going to get you to present your projects back to all our executive team and all leaders in the organization who've been involved in them, which came as a bit of a shock to them. 
and so we did that and we um had an event and we actually got our guys to present their projects back to to the team um which stand down really really well and actually it showed how much pride that these sort of frontline employees had in putting these projects together and showing the benefits and showing the cost savings that they'd done to an, to a bigger audience which really gained us a lot of traction and that was our experience with Yellow Belt. And, and that's really gone down well. And so now we have a really established program for Yellow Belt where we're really developing it in line with projects. So going forward, as you said, going back to where you say, how do you select your candidates? They have to have a project. So that's the first part of it is they come to us with the project that's signed off by their director, um, that their director is their sponsor for that project and that they must uh, be backing them for it. And then they go through that process of doing the program in that way. And we've carried that model similarly onto the green belt now. Um, we've actually run two green belts in the organization. And again, it was a bit of our trial by error. The first one, we did it in a similar kind of way and we tweaked it a bit more for the second one. Um, and we added a lot more coaching, a lot more support. And we're doing the same thing as we've we've just finished our, our second Greenbelt project. And we are ensuring that our um, people will be giving that presentation again to senior leaders. To our, and this time they're going to be de- dealing directly with the executive team because those projects are much, much bigger. And talking about the savings and the types of things that they're, they're implemented. So really exciting. It's great um, for frontline team members to be able to show, hey, why are we doing this? And what is the purpose? And it gives us a great ROI on training to say, hey, we did this training. You invested in this. And on the other side of it, this is the savings that we've made from it. So it's a, it's a great win-win in all, all the way around. It sounds like a fantastic strategy because not only are you engaging the frontline staff in the projects themselves, but you're then displaying that passion and that energy and work to the senior management and the leadership who you need so vitally to be on board with these these programs. It just sounds like you've really found a way to maintain and sustain the energy that those initial quick wins kind of bring the company and the organization. Yeah, it is. And I think what it's done is it's really leveraged us to do this with other projects and to other courses and other types of learning. So um, it really has given us quite a lot of, from a from a learning perspective, it's it's raised our profile as, an, as part of the organization. It's taken us from, and I've only been with the town two years, so this has all happened in the last two years. It's taken us from this idea of being a, a support process of, oh, here's learning, to actually saying, hey, we are supporting the business, achieving their goals. We are helping you drive your organization forward. And it's given me leverage as a, as a, a consultant to work with them a lot higher and to say, okay, well, what do you need? Because we're now a tool that you can use in your toolbox. And I think that's really critical. And I think that's helped us on the long term by just formulating a a more strategic strategy to help people sort of implement lean across the organization. And I think it's it's really benefited us as an organization, but also benefited as an HR department, how we can help and support our business going forward and giving us a lot of credibility with that as well. And how important is the role of HR in CI programs in general? Yeah, I think it is very important because I think it does play a role. And I think part of um, what we found a lot of is is with these events as we're doing continuous improvement, 
HR has been pulled in in different angles. You know, obviously, I look after the learning side of it, but my peers from an HR perspective is a lot of this continuous improvement has had people working from HR onto the events, onto the Curzon events, you know, really helping them map out what this might look like because there are times where it's not a cost-saving project. It's about efficiencies, but those efficiencies change and, and will affect sort of sometimes it affects how people do their work and, and, and having HR as a partner there is, is really looking at, you know, maybe job descriptions might change. Maybe, um, you know, we are looking at different redeployments for, for people doing different work and stuff like this. So having HR as a partner there is, is really critical as well. And as a large town, you mentioned Oakville, is, it really should be a city. So I guess that's somewhat unique in, in terms of Ontario and the municipality landscape in general in Canada. How does that affect your program? Does it provide any specific benefits or pose any challenges that you need to overcome applying continuous improvement or lean in that environment? I think the great thing it has given us from a lean perspective is really about the culture shift is I think moving from a town and, and saying we are still a town, inverted commas, to being a city is the fact that we've had to shift from a from a CI perspective is is moving our culture. Our culture in the past was very old school, even to the point where you'd say, okay, everybody turns up in suits and, you know, it makes you laugh because I always say about the organization is the fact that you'd walk into every meeting room, there'd be a beautiful flat screen TV. There would be a, uh, you know, keyless keyboard, the network would all work brilliantly well, but all our walls were still beige and and looked like they're in the 70s. We're moving past that now. We are, we are moving forward, which is great. And the last two years has been revolutionary. But the point is, is that that structure behind things was done in an old school way. So where this has helped us continuous improvement is, and certainly where it's helped us a little bit with COVID, and we'll, we'll probably talk about that in a bit, but really thinking a bit about how do we do things before one of the biggest projects we've taken on with with using lean is looking at how we do our planning um and this is a this is a big part of it because before we would actually say our planning is is that um you know you come into the office you bring all your paperwork in you actually you know you file it with a clerk at the desk none of it was online and you would have to come back in every stage of the way. So if somebody came in to do zoning, they would come in, they'd hand their paperwork into zoning, zoning would sign it off. They would actually hand it back to the client. The client would then walk to the office next door and hand it into the next stage of the process planning and then planning would sign it off and then they'd hand it back to them and then they may have to go to you know the tree to get a tree permit and it was it was laborious it was it was for the client it was really looking at it as saying why are you making me come back in for three or four times here to your office just to be able to move forms and pay permits and things like this and what we're doing at the moment is we've gone through a big transformation of that area and and we have a project called planet and lean has been an incredible part of that process of really looking at saying to our staff, how can we make this more efficient? How can we take this online? How can we make this easier for the client? And actually what we've done is, is, is in the true sense of the word, we have gone to a customer-focused process. So the point being is the idea is, is that if you want to put in a permit for a a house that includes a pool, includes a fence, includes moving trees or chopping down trees or putting trees up, then you put in one permit. And we're working towards that goal that the fact that the client is the the most important person, not the processes and probably the old culture that we used to have here. 
And it is part of that lean process that we've driven through the organization, especially in that area, to really help support that. And I think that's really where we're seeing the most benefit at the moment from a from a CI and lean process, uh, because we're really starting to see that um, come to fruition now with, with those processes changing. It certainly sounds like your residents are going to get some serious benefits from that project. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's critical. And that's the critical part about it is, is stop focusing on what we want to do as an individual team member, but really focus on what do we need to do to support our customers and support our residents. And that's exactly right. So maybe you could speak a little bit to COVID-19 and the impact it's had on your services, such a wide range of services that you provide. How has it impacted and were there any benefits that you found through applying lean in those circumstances? I mean, COVID has made a massive effect on us. And and going back to the Planet Project, that was probably one of the biggest areas because we were working our way through that process um, and we'd done a lot of the background work, but we weren't into implementation at the time. Obviously, when COVID hit and the first lockdowns happened, we had to move very, very quickly from going uh, sort of moving a little bit online. We'd, we'd gone to a little bit of process of um, being able to put your applications online, but it really wasn't working uh, efficiently with our staff. And the fact is that staff would still come into the office and print things out, even though the applications were put online. So it was better for the customer, but still not good for the staff. So what have we done is is really use the lean process to really adapt that and actually start to really work that efficiently. We have been working mostly remotely. We've been using that CI process to really sort of shift that culture of, of moving to online and working remotely and working from home. And going forward, we're doing things with our now with our sites uh, visits as well, where we're moving to more efficiencies, where we're actually using tablets. To, uh, our planners can go actually out in the field and put things straight into the tablets rather than have to send them back in via handwritten notes and things. So, I mean, it sounds... You know, this is this is the culture change within Oakville. You know, some people might look at this and go, what, they weren't doing that already? But the fact is, no, we weren't. And now we are. And so we're really seeing some really good shifts in that way that, that people are starting to move forward. And to be able to have the, the key to it is being able to have the plans for our planners who are out in the field on a tablet so that they can instantly pull it up. So they're not going back to a site two or three times because they haven't got the plans or or something else. And we've, we've introduced a program called Bluebeam which again allows us to make edits and and comments and notes all in the same file, really allows us to be able to pinpoint exactly the changes that we're doing to a plan. And our planners in the field can actually be out there in the field and bring it up straight away on their screen. It's not, and I'll be honest with you, it's not been a smooth path. I don't think any continuous improvement is. I think it is a journey that you go on to moving things forward. And I think that's the key to it. And you learn along the way. Well, if it was a smooth path, we would have just done it already, right? Yeah, absolutely, we'd hope so. Well, it's interesting how that sounds like that project has actually created efficiencies in other areas that you didn't even necessarily anticipate would occur due to that change. So it certainly sounds like that was a benefit across the board. Yeah, I think I think the, the thing that going back to the COVID thing is that it, it just forced us along that way a bit faster. So I think we were moving in the right direction, but with COVID and the way the lockdowns came in, it just sort of pushed the whole momentum going forward. One of the things I would say is that one of the key things I think with Lean is that's really helped us is the fact that it allows our staff to be involved in creating the solution. By doing Kaizen events and having the right people at the table to have that involvement and get their buy-in at that very early stages 
allows us to develop that. And that's something that we're really crucial about doing is involving the right people at the right times to come together and come up with it. And our staff are really, really open to the idea of change. They're not, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I look after change as part of my role. So I'm a big believer in, in getting people involved at the early stages, wherever we can give, give information out, share information, get the ideas from the staff. And they've come up with some amazing ideas here and really things that you would think, oh, my God, are you really going to say that? And they say, yeah, absolutely. We've been wanting to do this for ages, but, you know, we've been stuck because of, you know, the process. And we're like going, let's change the process. Let's remap the process. Let's look at it in a different way. And, and the staff have come up with some fantastic ways of doing that. Because we've said to ourselves, nothing's off the table. Guys, come up with what you think is the best way that can help our customer. That's our focus. End goal is our focus of our customer. What can we do to make it more efficient? And by doing that and by using the tools within Lean, we've really been able to sort of steer them down that course. And and it's been really successful. It's amazing the energy and the passion that you see in employees when you give them the ownership over their own roles and their and their own responsibilities, you know. Absolutely. So you mentioned Kaizen events there and the tools that you use in Lean. What are the tools that you continuously find yourselves coming back to when you're dealing with these kind of challenges? I think it is. It is. I think the Kaizens have been really good events that we've been using. Um, I think they're using a lot of the um, hierarchical planning tools that we've been using uh using some of those those pieces i think have been really critical to it i think it's to me it's about the consultation that you go through that process and actually going through the process changes the whole time and the process mapping that we've done with it and using the process mapping tool has been has been really crucial in in understanding is is where we can make those efficiencies and and actually from that perspective i think that the 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 staff have really used that well in mapping out what does this truly look like going forward so now you've built capability within your staff you've engaged them you've developed that passion for the change and you've engaged your senior leadership. So where do you go from here, Simon? What do you see as the future, the next three, five years of the Lean program in the town of Oakville? And I guess also in municipalities in general, because it is kind of a new area that Lean has moved into in the last decade or so. Yeah, I think there's some great, I mean, we're very lucky because we we are partnered next door to Mississauga, who again has got a great push behind Lean, and I think they're they're leading the field in 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 actually what they do in the Lean process in the GTA at the moment, uh, along with Toronto. But I think what I see the changes being across municipalities is the fact that yeah, we are looking at this as as becoming more efficient. I think government organisations across the whole of the GTA, although we may have taken a little bit of a stalling process due to the last. 2020 come 2021 again i think everyone will be back on track to saying okay how do we become more efficient because we have to just there isn't any more money do i mean we're not profit making organizations we know that the tax dollar is is really critical um at the moment and so what we've had to say is okay we need to do more with less and i think that's really critical with it and i think the expectations of our customers and our residents is really about making sure that they get the most efficient service. So how I see it for us with Lean is the fact that we will continue to develop our Yellow Belt program as our foundation program and really building that skill set there. We definitely want to develop our Green Belt program to provide more projects. We've we've got, I think it is around about 
12 now Greenbelt trained throughout the organization, which is great to have that. And we've been only running the program for just over two years. So to actually have 12 Greenbelt people trained in a, and we only have sort of 1,200 full-time employees. So it's not like we're a massive organization. So from that perspective is we'd like to run another Greenbelt next year. Um, to develop that and keep that moving along. And then eventually would like to get up to getting somebody black belt trained, if um, maybe one or two people black belt trained to really support that green belt program. Um, because what we have found is we've, we have been mentoring up our yellow belt people with some of our green belt people as well and using that as a mentoring process for them to answer questions, to help them out. So that we have a sort of um, nurturing effect as we go through the process and really developing that. We are moving into um, the organization having a quasi-PMO office, um, which is going to be big in the organization. And I think that will um, lend itself to helping sort of um, strategic approach to how we support Lean as well. So I think it is a it is still developing within the organization. And I think it's going to be a really exciting year going forward because I think we'll be developing more and more of our um, processes and really defining our processes. And excitingly, this year, we've just taken on um, a new CEO. She's been um, and she is incredibly supportive of learning, but also incredibly supportive of continuous improvement and sees the opportunity for us to really develop this as a skill set and to help the organization move forward. So working hand in hand with her, uh, we'll certainly be developing that with our sort of strategic processes that we put in place. I think one thing that every local government in the world has in common is that there are no more tax dollars to be spent. So <laughs> if lean is the solution to that, then I'm sure we're going to see extreme growth in the area, both in Canada and around the world. Absolutely. I think I think you're right. I think we've all got to focus on, you know, what can we do? And I think it is that changing shift in in government organizations around around the world. I think this is, you know, I, as I say, I came from the UK, so I know what government organizations are like there as well. And the key thing to this is about it is about making it rather than and we're catching up with the private sector is the fact that, you know, we've got to be customer focused. Um, you know, that's the key to this. It's not about making life easier for the person in the office. It's about making how can we make life easier for our residents. And that is our true focus and our true focus of our CAO. And, you know, the the digital age has hit government organizations and and really is changing. You know, we're doing a lot to do with our online presence and making sure that our, our residents can find everything they need online. And so if that means that we need to redefine our processes internally to do that, then that's what Lean's helping us do. Well, if people see value in their tax dollar, they are not too worried about paying it. It's something that is directly related to to the value of the service that they're receiving. Absolutely. I think that's pretty much all of the questions that I had. Is there anything else you'd like to mention, Simon? Is there anything you'd like to expand on or discuss that we haven't spoken about yet? I think that if I was to give a piece of advice to anybody who's going down this process of it is is find a good organization that you can partner with. I mean, one of the things that we've done is we ripped the uh, sort of whole program apart in some respects in rather than just saying, oh, here's our standard two-day course. This is our standard three-day course. And working in partnership with Leading Edge and, and is really said, okay, I don't want to do that. 
I want us to really change it up and actually sort of remove this and say, let's do this in a way that's going to work in partnership. And I think, you know, if you can find an organization that allows you to do that and allows you to build what model you need for your organization to find it most efficient and to really get true behavioral change within your organization, then that's where I personally think that the benefits really flow out. Because if not, then you are really, you're just putting in a course for course's sake. And that's not what we're about. We're about really seeing what, where does this money go towards and what is the outcome at the end of the day and making sure that's efficient. So that's my only piece of advice to anybody who's embarking on going on down this lean process. Don't let these normal barriers block you. Get, you know, look past it and do anything you can and, and you'll uh, have success. Well, I think you've shared a lot of really valuable advice for our listeners today. So thank you so much for your time, Simon. No problem. Thank you. Leading Edge Group provides lean training and consulting support for local government organisations to establish a continuous improvement culture and enable increased customer employee satisfaction, enhanced quality of service and cost savings and avoidance, amongst other improvements. Visit leadingedgegroup.com to learn more about our services. This podcast was produced by Clodagh Z. McCarthy for the Leading Edge Group.